What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his living room is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Hey, everybody. What is going on? Thank you so much for tuning in to Drew Code. Uh, we've got a great episode for you guys full of nothing but Raider talk. I'm sure that's exciting for everybody, considering we've got free agency and the draft coming up shortly. So with that being said, guys, let's get into the episode. But before you do that, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. So let's do this. What's going on, everyone? Uh Thank you for joining us. I appreciate uh, everyone's love and support and everyone's ears. I mean, that's that's all we're that's all we're looking for. You don't have to watch us on YouTube, but you should. Uh, speaking of YouTube, go check out all the videos that we have posted. Uh, subscribe, like, and uh, comment. We want to hear from you, of course. And just like what Cody said with the uh, podcast, go check us out. Subscribe, rate, and review on there. And check out our social media sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That is all at Drew Code Sports Talk. So go check all that out. We want to hear from you guys. And go check out DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. Cody does a great job on the website. He's always tinkering with it because in uh, fantasy football terms, he is a tinkerer. So that's just what he does. <laughs> I cannot help it. If I think it can be better, I will try to make it better. All right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, Cody, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Uh, been a really crazy week. It's been tiresome. I don't know about you, but for some reason, this week has been dragging. And then today we had yeah. a really huge like lightning storm that shook everybody here in town. <laughs> and I don't know on your neck of the woods, but over here, man, it was like the end of the world. It felt like because uh, yeah. Oh, like over where work is at, you know, in the side of town that, that we're at, it literally white light all around us as if like we got struck and then mm-hmm. it rattled so much that the, that the building moved and we were all just kind of like, Oh crap, what's going on? <laughs> That's funny. Um, you know, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad over here. Um, <laughs> it was funny because, um, typically on the days that I'm here and that I'm not working, that I'm watching the kids. I don't really, if I don't get up early to ride the bike, which was one of those days because, um, my, my daughter is, uh, kind of been under the weather. So we've been kind of like trying to make her, you know, make sure that she's okay and all that. So I knew it was going to be a long day today. So I, I wasn't going to ride the stationary bike. Um, and, um, so I knew I wasn't going to shower until like the afternoon, which I know everyone's like, oh, but listen, I'm home. My kids, they stink anyway. So it's not like <laughs> I'm doing anything worse. Okay. So, <laughs> so finally, by the time I was able to go take a shower, I was like, all right, you know, uh, I'm going to go take a shower. Tell my daughter and, and my son, he likes to go on his walker and <laughs> play for hours on that thing. So, I just put him in there, gave him a few toys. My daughter, she's just laying on the couch watching TV. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a shower now. And of course, my dog has to follow me into the shower, first of all, because he wants to lick my clothes. That's like his thing. If anyone's in the shower, he has to lick our clothes when we take them off. So anyway, so my dog had to follow me in there. And so then I get in the shower and I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden I start hearing something. So I kind of look out like, you know, we got a window in our, in our uh, bathroom. So I look out pouring rain. I was like, oh man. And then all of a sudden uh, in the middle of the shower, I'm like washing my hair. And then I hear this. (laughs) And at first I thought it was my daughter, like pushing my son on the walker. Cause like sometimes like she'll push him away. Cause like he, you know, he walks up right up to her and she's like, move. Uh-huh. So I thought it was that, but I was like, man, it's kind of loud. And so I listened again and I was about to yell at Nadia. I was like, Nadia, what are you doing? But then I, I finally found out that it was outside. It was the thunder. And then all of a sudden I look outside and there's like this bright light and I'm like, Oh man. And my daughter has had a history of not liking thunder. Like oh, the sound okay. just kind of freakers, freaks her out. And this would be the first time that my son has heard lightning or thunder. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, crap. I don't know how he's going to do. And then 
I don't know how my dog's going to do because this is the first time we've had him uh, where there has been thunder and lightning. So I was like, oh, man, I got to rush through this shower. <laughs> so I rushed through my, my they were all fine. I didn't even need to rush through it. But, <laughs> you know, that dad instinct in you, and you're like, oh, man, I got to I got to get there quick. And I was like, of course, as soon as I want to take a shower, all this is happening. And so I'm panicking it's like, oh, man. But, you know, I had to, I had to text my son, how are the dogs doing? Because this would have been both <laughs> their first, you know, thunder and lightning storm. And he said that, uh, Oreo, our newest dog, she was fine. She was just laying on the bed and she couldn't care. And Penny, mm-hmm. who's my wife's dog, she was panicking, like anxiety ridden <laughs> and just like shaking and all yeah. like trying to get under the blankets and just, just crippled with fear. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Well, Cody, as you said uh, at the beginning of the pod, uh, this is going to be an all Raiders podcast. Um, really nothing new. The Lakers, um, they're going to start tomorrow uh, re- or restart, I guess, tomorrow uh, since the all-star break, which was a really fun, uh, really fun thing. Um, but there's a lot of NFL talk. I think the all-star game, I mean, what is there to be said, you know? Mm-hmm. Sabonis won the skills challenge. Curry showed us why he's one of the best shooters in the game in the three-point contest. The dunk contest was exactly. okay best. They had a dunk <laughs> contest. <laughs> there was yeah, a dunk it contest was there. that took there, place. <laughs> there was something. And that's, that's there were some dunks. <laughs> yeah. Um they had one guy who was like half G league or half NBA player. So it, it just was bad. <laughs> I mean, I knew he, who he was. Cause I, I love watching Duke basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had watched him and he was, he was a, like one of the top recruits uh, coming into college. So, I, I mean, I knew of him and I, and I've seen him play before and I like him, you know, I think, I think he'll be okay. But, um, and I think he got screwed on the first dunk. Yeah. He should have got some tens on there, but whatever. Uh, I don't think it would have mattered because the second dunk, he he just really couldn't get going. So, um, and then the All Star game, I mean, what do you expect? It was basically the first three quarters. No one really gave you know two licks about it. Um, it it looked you know, like a group of people that didn't want to be there that were forced to play, <laughs> and then they yeah. played. So, I mean, it yeah. got a little competitive towards the last quarter. I mean, you can kind of tell. Uh, the team that was down, I think it was Team Durant's team. Um, they were down. They were trying to make a run. Just didn't work out. They were too far gone. They were like down by twenty five <laughs> yeah. to start the fourth quarter or something like that. So it yeah. was it was not yeah. going to happen. Yeah, uh, and uh, I think that was uh, I believe. Oh man, let's see. It was Team LeBron. I think this is his fourth year that he's been the um team captain team captain uh and, yeah oh yeah i think he's been team captain every year that they've done this and i, uh, I can't think he's of a four no he's four no in these games yeah he is <laughs> so, i can't think of a hey. single i can't think of a single year he wasn't a team captain yeah exactly they've been exactly doing, they've been that's, doing this for like four years crazy. every year it's team lebron against team curry team lebron against team Giannis. Team LeBron and Durant. And I can't even remember what the first one was. I think it was Curry two years in a row or something like that. No, it was Yana. Oh no, you're right. I think it was I think it was LeBron was- and it was LeBron and Giannis. LeBron and Giannis, LeBron and Giannis, LeBron and Giannis, and then LeBron and no, Katie. Curry Curry was a team captain one year. Was I think he? the first I think the first year that they did this, it was Curry and Team LeBron. Because I remember Steph I remember Steph Curry having his own team and what was funny is his golden state teammates clay and durant they were on the opposite team of his team because lebron had drafted them Mm. Um, and then i think it was Giannis like two years in a row or something like that all right well we're gonna get it on this uh which i'm gonna do right now (laughs) but uh in the meantime uh let's get into what we were going to talk about um we're talking about raiders football of course some big things have happened uh, this past week, Cody. Um, boy, uh, well, we traded Trent Brown, like I had been saying that I thought we probably were going to do. Yeah. Um, and I believe you were in agreement as well. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> 
We traded Trent Brown and the seventh round pick, I believe, for next year for a fifth round pick next year. And that's it. That's all we got was a fifth round pick. (laughs) So, Cody, your initial thoughts on the Trent Brown trade when you first heard it. I mean, we only gave him a five-year, 90-plus million-dollar contract, and we get a fifth-rounder out of him. I mean, um, you gave me a polo the other day, which was pretty fitting, where you know, you know, it just seemed like to you that you know the first team that called the Raiders had offered them something decent. They thought it over for 10 minutes, and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll take that deal. And I was saying, like, we could have probably gotten maybe a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick from Houston for um, – Brown rather than you know trading him back to the Patriots for nearly nothing um it's in my opinion it just kind of is telling to what I think is going to happen in free agency for us um you know I I mean two years into his five-year deal and we're already trading away you know a hot commodity I know some probably had to happen because he w- he tweeted out something shortly after the news broke. Um, you know, he, he said something along. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Um, you know, you got to make yourself happy or something like that or or whatever it is. Or not not all the money in the world can make a situation happy or something like along those lines. And it's kind of telling. Like um, there's, you know, other Raiders that have departed that have felt the same way. And maybe it's just you know, hard feelings about like how things went down. I don't know internally, but you know, someone did also tweet that Trent Brown is responsible for Trent Brown. And there's some of that plays a part into it, but you know, this also tells me how I think the Raiders organization is kind of running. And I'm kind of concerned with this free agency that it's a, it's a kickoff, uh, no pun intended to how the rest (laughs) of the free agency is going to go for us. And we're really needing for agency to be a home run for us. So that way we can still remain competitive and, you know, make that playoff push and, you know, be relative because right now we're just a team that luck is lucky to get to 500 and we are all show and no go. So that's what, that's what my thoughts are regarding this Trent Brown trade. Yeah. um, First of all, you were right. It was Steph Curry and LeBron James. They were the first. They were the first uh, duo. 2018, and then the last two were Giannis, and then this uh-huh. year was was Katie. Everyone was, and then LeBron was one of them. <laughs> anyway, um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, exactly what you said when we when we first found out. I Marco pulled you as as for, as quick as I could. And was just so upset. I was like, dude, it's it literally was probably like them saying we need to get rid of Trent Brown. And so they put it out there. New England called and was like, hey, we'll take Trent Brown back. Um, You know, we'll give you a fifth for next year. And how about we get a seventh from you? And it just seems like Mike Mayock was like, yeah, okay. You know, hold on. I got to talk to John first. John, are you okay with that? What? Get rid of Trent Brown? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Well, oh, uh, sorry. It's we we're gonna get a fifth round pick for next year, and we got to give our next year seventh. Yeah, w- that's fine. Just just freaking do it. We don't want them anymore. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that. John says that's okay. It's like a little kid asking for you know his mom's permission. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that? Can I do that? Can I play on my tablet? Yeah. Go ahead. Jeez. Just go away. It's exactly what it seems like to me, um, which is absolutely ridiculous. We should have gotten more for Trent Brown. Like, yes, here's the thing. Everyone is arguing that, oh, well, Trent Brown was basically a bust. He wasn't a bust, okay? Trent Brown played all last year. But the thing is, what a lot of people don't realize was Trent Brown was really close with Antonio Brown. I followed right when we signed Trent Brown and we signed Antonio Brown, I followed them both on Instagram and Twitter. And on Instagram, they would constantly post with each other working out. Both of them would be working out in the off season. So, um, you know, they are, they're close. Okay. Are they best friends? I don't know. I have no idea about that. But so when the Antonio Brown thing went down, you could kind of see Trent Brown 
he kind of stopped talking on Twitter for a while. Like he was kind of over it, but he played all last year. He was really good for us. Um, He was kind of one of the bright spots that we had. And so going into this year, we really had high hopes for him. He comes in and he, he's got some injury and it kind of seemed like the Antonio Brown thing where he was like, Oh, this is hurting me or I'm not really happy with this right now and blah, blah, blah. And then he, he was like, okay, I'm going to play. So then he started playing and then we have this, he gets injured. And then on the day he was supposed to come back, we, uh, one of our trainers, I guess, injected air into his veins, which actually hospitalized him. And Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, like all the, all the stars on the Raiders team were saying he didn't look good. Like we were really worried about him. Like we knew he had to go. Um, and so, and I mean, I don't want to be over dramatic, but you know, it could have killed him. Like he literally could have ended his life. So, um, it was pretty serious. So I, I think he just wanted out of Vegas. I don't think he wanted to play with the Raiders anymore. I think since last year, to be honest, um, you know, he came in overweight this off season. So I know a lot of Raider fans were already pissed off by that. And it was like, dude, you got to give the guy a break. It's a freaking pandemic. Like, <laughs> you know, it, a lot of players are, are doing that. I mean, for God's sakes, James Harden did that in the NBA season. So, you know, it, it's happening to even the best of them. So I wasn't too worried about that. But overall, Trent Brown, a lot of his issues with the Raiders, to be perfectly honest, weren't all entirely his fault. I mean, we had a huge role. And to me, it seems like not only is John Gruden rubbing some players the wrong way, but Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock was a huge reason why Antonio Brown and wanted to end up leaving Mike Mayock when he had that impromptu uh, press conference, when all these Raider fans were like, yeah, yeah, you know, tell him, tell him, listen, that's what made him want to go. Like he was like, okay, that was it. That was the final straw. Now, am I saying it was all Mike Mayock's fault? No, obviously Antonio Brown had a huge part in this, but he, he also is a common denominator in Trent Brown and Antonio Brown. And that's my, that's what my argument is here. So um, I think Trent Brown is a fine player. I think when he goes back to new England, he'll probably uh, be happier um, and he'll probably play better. And and I don't hate Trent Brown. I don't think, um, I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think he's a bad offensive lineman. I think he's a really good player and he was good when he did play for us. Um, but, uh, you know, we're going to have to, that's a big hole to fill right there. I mean, what, whatever you want to say about him, he was solid there. He, whenever he was healthy, he was playing. I mean, that's the bottom line of it. So, um, I just felt like we could have got more for Trent Brown. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. like I had said on here, I felt like we could have gone out, you know, included him into a trade, uh, trying to get like an Odell Beckham or, or someone like that. Mm -hmm. Um, even trying, maybe trying to get Amari Cooper back, um, you know, try and get some money freed up for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I think you and I, we might talk about that, uh, another day, but, um, for the most part, man, I just, I felt like we could have got a lot. I felt like we could at least gotten a third round pick. Like you had mentioned like a fourth round pick. And I was like, I think we could have got a third for sure. Mm -hmm. Like maybe even a second. And even if it were like two years from now, like still we could have got something for it. And I just feel like we just got crap back. And this is my argument against Mike Mayock again is, he he believes in himself as he should he believes in himself a lot mm-hmm. that um he can get it done in the draft like that's that's why we got him mm-hmm. okay and but his record isn't all that great it's been mm-hmm. good we've had some good hits but we've had some really big whiffs mm-hmm. and um i got to be honest with you right now i don't believe in his fifth round pick that he just got i just i don't believe in it and that's my issue with it i felt like we could have got more i don't hate trent brown um i don't blame him for wanting to leave i'm also upset that he did want to leave because i am a raider fan i wanted him to stay um and it's unfortunate that right now it's 
kind of a snowball effect right now. And it's, it's a little frustrating as a Raider fan. Yeah. The only thing I will say, kind of talking about Mike Mayock, I know you're in the camp of, you don't think Mike Mayock is, um, you think he's good, but he's not as good as what he's been selling us. And, you know, he's maybe not good at the draft at drafting as we thought. I guess my counter argument would be, is it the person who drafts the players a responsibility to get them to produce on the field or is it coaching staff to, to get those players ready to perform? Because, yeah. you know, your, your, um, your argument about, you know, he's not that good in the draft or the players that we get, they're just not up to snuff, so on and so forth. But I would also say it's the coaching staff as well. I mean, you know, he did everything he can to scout these players. These players, if they're still playing at a college level and not in the NFL level, then that's a coaching problem. That's not a, that's not a general manager problem. That's not a front office problem. That's now coaching. Like if, if these players are something that him and Gruden have come to an agreement on, it's up to Gruden now to deliver the goods and to coach them up, get them prepared. They're not prepared. That's not Mike Mayock. That's John Gruden, you know? And Mm -hmm. so, and I'm not saying that Mike Mayock hasn't had a couple of whiffs. I mean, um, Farrell is a questionable one with all the things that we needed. Farrell obviously hasn't come up. As you know, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that we traded away um, uh, Cleo Mack. I mean, I know that you and I have debated about um, Amari Cooper being traded. It is what it is, and I get it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, though, is that the coaching staff, the leader of that coaching staff being the head coach, w- he's got to be held to some responsibility of why this team has not produced or why some players don't want to continue to stay in play like if john gruden built a good enough culture don't you think with all of ab's antics he would have had respect enough for the coach to to put that aside for example like mike tomlin and maybe mike tomlin did a lot of a lot of uh sweeping under the rug so to speak so that way he can get ab on the field but i feel like john gruden could have you know if uh, if AB's problem was AB, I mean that's a different topic and different debate. But <laughs> point being though is like, you know, John Gruden is not coaching up these players. You know, he's not able to keep relationships to where they don't want to stay, such as Trent Brown or any other yeah. high-profile free agent. So, I mean, I think it's a collection of all of them. I just don't think Mike Mayock and John Gruden really mesh. They're probably great TV personalities together but that doesn't make them fantastic front office people or coworkers. Maybe it's John Gruden too, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, but it, it just doesn't feel like we're going in the right direction. And I know in a second, we're going to talk about, um, you know, some players that we've let go uh, so far to start free agency, but it's this uh, feeling of like where we're at as Raider nation going forward does not feel very good. And if, if I'm being honest, it feels very reminiscent of when like every year we strike out in free agency and we only get the bottom of the barrel. That's what it feels like we're heading towards. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're, I don't think you're far off to be perfectly honest. And it sucks. It sucks to have that feeling, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, and just going on your John Gruden thing, I'm in agreement with you. I think this thing goes hand in hand. First and foremost, I I say it goes to Mike Mayock first. He's supposed to be this draft guru. He's not getting it done. And and by the way, he's also not really getting it done in in free agency. Yeah, we hit on on Nelly Nelson Aguilar, um, but where else did we hit? I mean, I think Littleton still had a really good year. Kudkowski was really good, but after that, like. It's been a whole lot of nothing. Like Lamarcus Joyner, we as we just released him, he was almost unplayable. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we traded for Raquan McMillan. I don't remember him seeing the field. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, dude. Um, you know, and then the rest of the guys are either the guys that we drafted in a Jonathan Abram and a, a Damon Arnett, Trayvon Mullen. Um, you know, and Max Crosby, you talk about uh Cleveland Farrell as as you pointed out, and then we had uh, Malik Collins and and um uh Jonathan Hankins. So I mean there there are so many guys that we have on the on the you know, either free agency or, or draft, and 
you know, right now, any of those guys, maybe minus Crosby and Mullen, oh, and Kwiatkowski, and and uh, I'd say Littleton still, um, none of those guys start. I mean, other than those, those what, four guys I mentioned. So hmm. that's not very good. Um, and I wouldn't say those are stars. I would just say they're, they're, they're a starter, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I agree with you. The coaching has to come into play here. And um, so far, it looks like, you know, no matter who we get, it's just not panning out. I mean, offensive yeah. line has been great. Jacobs looks great. Waller looks great. I think I feel like Carr has been great. Uh, mm-hmm. I know people would debate that. I'm not going to do that here. Um, Ingold has really panned out, but you know we had Tyrell Williams. He had some injury stuff that we really couldn't foresee, so can't really call that a whiff. I think that's just more of an unfortunate circumstance. Um, but you look at on the defense, like I said, and it's just a whole lot of lot of whiffs and some mm-hmm. okay starters, you know. So, um, so as I mentioned here, Cody, uh, LaMarcus Jr. was released earlier. And, uh, as I had said on the podcast, it looked like they were going to release Richie incognito. They finally did that. Um, it seems like they're really letting go of a lot of cap space. They're really trying to do a lot on free agency. And I think (laughs) it kind of goes with our argument of kind of feels like Mayock and, Gruden's seat are really hot um and so I think that's why they're like okay let's get rid of Brown that's a big contract let's get rid of incognito we'll try and restructure it that's what it seems like they're trying to do but now with Kyle Long being available you and I were talking before uh, we started the podcast that might be something they end up doing instead of re-signing incognito Mm -hmm. um and then um um and then letting go of Joiner, he had another big contract. And like we said, he was almost unplayable. So, but the only reason he was playing was we signed him to a big contract. Like he kind of mm-hmm. had to play him, you know? So, um, I mean, Cody, what, I mean, the releases, I mean, is it, is it big news to you? Is it just kind of like, yeah, they needed to go. I mean, how do you feel about these? Well, I'm liking that we're clearing up cap space. I'd love to see what how we utilize it. Um, I would not be surprised though as we fill up cap spaces. It's going to be majority of it probably used up if we re-sign Derek Carr, which had, there has been some rumors about that for the last I, I don't know a week or two weeks. So yeah. I mean, if we did re-sign him, don't be surprised if it's like a three or four year deal for about thirty-ish million. So obviously, we're going to need some cap space for that because it's going to be a pretty big hit. Um, but also too, like one of the things I was, I was saying last week is what we needed in free agency is we need like a big staple on the defense, like a, a big free agency signing. It's going to require money, you know, like, um, Mm -hmm. I remember a few years, uh, I think it was like four seasons ago, the New York giants, they spent like over at the time the cap, the cap was a lot different, but they spent like $175 million or whatever on just the defensive loan. And they like rebuilt the defensive line. They did the linebackers. They did the cornerbacks. I think they signed like eight or nine defensive players to big contracts and they spent so much money. And, <laughs> um, you know, they were, they were good defensively, but, you know, truthfully, the coach, the defensive coordinator did, didn't know how to put them in the right place. But, you know, yeah. But I, I think that the Raiders are going to need an offense or, or an offseason similar to that, where we are going to have to spend a lot of money on good defensive players and some veterans. Like we need yeah. to invest in veterans that are going to help, you know, groom and, you know, help develop these young players that are essentially the future of, you know, Raider football. You know, like, um, you know, I was just telling you, saw a tweet where somebody recommended that Richard Sherman is somebody that is a must sign for. Uh, you know, Arnett and Abrams and Mullins, you know, like that's a veteran yeah. that could help them grow and develop. And, you know, getting somebody like Long would be great for our offensive line and our veteranship and being able to lead that locker room. And then getting some defensive veterans to, you know, to kind of help mature up our defense so that way we don't have dumb penalties that kind of put us in a in a place of bad positioning. Um, hopefully Gus Bradley will be able to speak with uh, Jonathan Abrams so that way, you know, he's more of a a a guy that can locate the ball and not get lost uh, amongst the defenses because, you know, you were telling me yesterday that uh, Jonathan Abram ranked dead last amongst safeties at his position. And I'm, 
I'm not surprised. Like I would have been surprised if he was ranked anything higher than that because he just, he needs a lot of work. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Gus Bradley is notorious for the Legion of Boom where Earl Thomas was. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Abram kind of get to Earl Thomas level, but Earl Thomas was really great about locating the ball and he can lay that, he can lay the wood down, but he was also someone that he could pick the ball off at any point in time. And, I don't think of Abram as somebody that's that dangerous. I think Abram is kind of a liability because he plays with a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. but he also gets lost in coverage very, very fast. So that's one of the things yeah. I'm hoping that Bradley can help him develop in. And we get some veterans in there to kind of get him to get used to seeing different offenses and schemes. So that way he's not lost all the time. That'd be beneficial, but you know, for the most part and and what we've done for free agency, I mean, I I think we were talking that uh, Richie Incognito might come back anyways. Um, and I know that uh, uh, Terrell Williams re, uh, signed with the Lions after we released him. So that's not a big deal. But, you know, I'm just kind of I'm curious to see who else we let go or if we re-sign anybody. But, you know, I, I would love to see us clear up a little bit more cap space with some of these bad contracts and players that we don't need. Like Eric Harris, for example, we need to maybe restructure or look at releasing him for cap space. Cause I think that we need to upgrade our safety position. I, I like Heath and, you know, I'd like to make sure that we have enough cap space to get some quality players. Yeah. Um, just uh, real quick joiner, joiner incognito. I'm actually okay. Letting go of incognito. If we can get long, if we can't get long, I'd like to resign incognito just strictly because long is younger. Um, he's still proven. So it's not like you're downgrading. Um, and you know, his father obviously played for the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that would be really cool for him. So, um, I'd like to see the Raiders go after him, I think. And you could sign him to like a two year deal and then have a third team team option. Uh, so anyway, that, and that's kind of what I feel. Joiner had to go. He, like we said, he was unplayable. So. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about our top free agent edge rushers. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned because the Raiders, they're going to have to get one of these guys. They're going to have to. If not, we're going to have to make a trade for a (coughs) Julio Mack. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is the news hour. No, Um, I... So I wanted to start off with this and then we'll kind of go into, um, you know, our, our top free agent eggs rushers. Um, I did notice that AJ Bowie and um, Melvin Ingram are both currently in Las Vegas at this second uh, via their Instagram. So apparently as we're recording this on Wednesday, March, what is it, the 10th? Good God, I don't even know what day it is. Today is the 10th. Um, <laughs> March 10th. Um, that AJ Boye was supposed to meet with the Raiders today. Um, I'm not surprised that nothing has come about from it yet because I <laughs> feel like they're going to kind of wait to try and sign a cornerback or, you know, a veteran uh, DB. Um, but uh, Melvin Ingram being in there, um, that is kind of interesting because I did feel like that would be a really good signing for the Raiders. Um, but I, and it kind of, I was looking through the rankings, which are complete trash in my honest opinion <laughs> on the NFL uh, app. And uh, I was kind of looking through the rankings and I was looking at all the edge rushers that are available. And it kind of got me to thinking Cody, um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of the top five free agent edge rushers, one of these five, whoever it is, like on our list, they need to go after a top top edge rusher. There's there's no doubt about it. They have to go after one of these guys. Um, so I was curious, and we we didn't tell each other who our number one, who our number five is, whatever. We didn't tell each other. We we just kind of wrote down who we believe. So mm-hmm. Cody. Who is your top five free agent edge rushers uh, in free agent? Oh, well, obviously free agent edge rushers. Good Lord, Andrew. Um, And um, which one? I mean, do you have it in a did you write it one through five or did you just kind of write names down? Well, I did kind of write it. I wrote names down, but I wrote them down in order as I would select them. So five through one is how I would describe it. So, okay, so start with one and 
till you end up with five and and let's see who your who your top five guys who the Raiders should go after. Okay, so for me at um, number five, so this is dead last person who I would hope that the Raiders go after would be uh, Terry Hyder uh, from San Francisco. He's only 30, and he had eight and a half sacks last season as an edge rusher for them, and he's still got a good, uh, good amount of speed to him and a lot of power, and he's actually had a good number of sacks the last couple of years, so I think that he would be cheap in value because right now he's only ranked 95th right now on their list of 101 um, edge or you know overall uh, free agency players. So I think that would be a good one to to go for. I think if we wanted somebody that's got to have a pretty good impact to start. Um, number four would be uh, Tarkis uh, McKinley, which is the player that's uh, with the Atlanta Falcons that basically had he basically sat out all he of was last with season. us what was that he ended he ended with us okay good so we did end up i think to practice squad right yes but he never ended up playing okay i would if i were the raiders i'd keep him because he was a former first round pick for the falcons and unless he's super injured or he's got something wrong with him physically that's going to stop us from from keeping him, I would do what we can to keep him in the organization because he could be a pretty impactful player, especially with how good he can potentially be because he was really good with the Falcons until that relationship fell through. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, third, I would have Melvin Ingram, who we've already talked about, is already meeting with the uh, scheduled to meet with the Raiders, according to what you saw on social media. So um, he was injury prone last season, but a couple seasons before that, he was still a productive um, edge rusher, which I think is very important. And again, we just need someone to get to the quarterback. Also, I have Carlos Dunlap. I um, He's ranked 37th. He would be my number two guy. And I think the reason why is because he would be inexpensive. His market probably not going to be that big. I think he's got a lot of defensive experience. So that way he could really help develop some of the young players like Farrell maybe even help Crosby develop some of his um, rushing, um, uh, you know, tools to get to the quarterback even more efficiently. Um, and I just really love Carlos Dunlap to be on the team. I think he would be a great addition and he would be pretty impactful considering his age his, um, you know, his experience and all that stuff. Number one, I would say uh, Javadion Clowney would be somebody who I would, I think the Raiders should go after. He's ranked eighth in the free agency kind of list, but I would say he would be probably the number one edge rusher that we should go after. And I'm not saying that he's the best that's overall available, but I am saying he's, he's somebody I would rank number one as most that, that the Raiders could to, to get to, because there are a lot of players that are on this list that are going to already like resign with the teams that they're already with. Like for example, Shaq Barrett's going to resign. We think with the bucks. So I wouldn't, say Jack Barrett's the number one option for the Raiders because we're probably not going to get him. But I think Clowney is somebody who we could potentially get. He's still extremely young. You know, who knows how impactful he can be for the defense. Um, he only played in eight games last season for Tennessee. He didn't record any sacks, but he was also just new. And so he wasn't on the field all that much. I think he was only on the field like 30% of the time. But he would be somebody that I think would kind of be thriving a little bit in a Gus Bradley offense or excuse me, defense. And that would be a player that I would want the Raiders to go after uh, in terms of edge rushing for free agency. Well, um, I'm surprised to said Clowney because Clowney's really not even on my list, on my radar. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think he's as good as what he used to be. Um, I, I mean, for the most part, I think most of these free agents aren't as good as what they used to be, but I just feel like Clowney is way too inconsistent and I want to go after more guys who are a little more consistent. Um, of course we want to have like Shaq Barrett on here, but it just seems like he's going to be re-signing with the Bucks. So you and I were in agreement of we're not going to put him on a list because I I just don't think he's he's going to leave. Um, you know, for me, I had a couple of al- uh, two alternates. Uh, one was Von Miller. Um, he was going through some legal stuff early, like January. Um, actually, five days ago, 
Um, they said that Von Miller won't be charged after investigation uh, by Colorado police. So that's good news. Um, he is 32 years old, so he is a little bit older. He missed all last season with an injury. So um, he would have some baggage, but he's going to be cheap. And he, if he does play, you know what he can do. Um, I like Von Miller a lot. Um, I think he's good. Another guy I would really think about would be Leonard Floyd. Um, he had a rough start in his career, but as he kept going, he's gotten better and better. He really benefited from being on a Rams team um, next to Aaron Donald. Uh, so, you know, obviously that kind of does play into it, but he's a, still a really good pass rusher. I like Leonard Floyd. But my number five guy on the list would be Melvin Ingram. And here's why. Melvin Ingram has the knowledge of a guy who's played in the AFC West. So you have, he's played against the Chiefs. He knows how to beat these guys. Uh, He struggled with injury last year. And a lot of people think that, oh, Ingram just fell out. No, he struggled with injury is what happened. Um, And now they are in love with Joey Bosa, uh, which I'm not saying they shouldn't. So, you know, that's why they were okay with letting him go. I don't think they think he's completely done, but I think they, they know he's past his prime, but he's still a guy who I think could be very effective for the Raiders because not only is he a veteran in this game, but he's a veteran in the division. And I think that is a huge upside uh, for the Raiders. Uh, Number four, I would go with uh, Carlos Dunlap. I really like Carlos Dunlap. I wanted the Raiders to go after him when the Bengals said he was available. Um, unfortunately, the Seahawks got a hold of him first. Um, and he kind of started off a little bit slow, but you could make the argument, you know, he's still kind of learning the defense a little bit. And whether you think, oh, all he has to do is pin his ears back and just rush, it's a little bit more than that. You know, you kind of have to worry about, you know, running backs and, you know, how the offensive line is pulling and, you kind of got you got to get used to. Okay, where's the line get backer going to be on this play? Um, if they're going to run kind of a screen, how do I need to position myself? Where's the other? If the other guy going to pick up the running back if I whiff on this pass? Stuff like that. So he started off, but he ended up being really effective for the Seahawks. Um, he's an older guy, but I like Carlos Dunlap a lot. Uh, I think Carlos Dunlap is. Is, is still one of the better players, uh, one of the edge rushers uh, in the game right now. So um, I have no problem with them going after him. Um, then I have Matt Judon. Matt Judon uh, from, the, um, from the Ravens. This guy was so productive. He was completely underrated. Um, I think his whole time in Baltimore. Um, Judon... When he came into the league, he had Terrell Suggs on the other side. And so he kind of got bypassed because a lot of people wanted to talk about Terrell Suggs. You know, everyone loved Terrell Suggs. And I'm not saying Suggs didn't deserve it, but Judon never really got the credit that he deserved during those times. And then when Suggs left, he was kind of Judon. And then Ngakwe came and uh, was kind of that top guy. But Judon has still been very productive. Um I don't I'm not entirely certain he's going to leave Baltimore, but if he does, I think that is a a a good pickup. Again, he's one of those veterans. He's actually 29 though. So he's younger than the two guys I first mentioned. So um, you know, Judon, he's still got a lot of game left and he's only a year older than Clowney. And I feel like he's he's more productive than Clowney. Um my number two would be Yannick Ngakwe. I think the Raiders should have got him um, uh, before the season had started. Um, obviously, he was um, he tra- he was traded to the um, oh man, I'm blinking, and I don't have his page up right now. He was traded to the Ravens. Ravens, got, no, no, he was on the Ravens. He was traded to Minnesota. That's what it was. Okay, he was traded to Minnesota, um, and. Um, I knew he started with the Ravens. That's okay. Anyway, so he he unfortunately was on a bad team this year. If he would have stayed with Baltimore, it would have been a lot better. Or, um, yeah, I mean, if he would have stayed with Baltimore, he would have had a playoff appearance. I mean, Minnesota 
they really tanked this year. They should have been a lot better than what they were. Um, and so I think, and I think, you know, they thought they were going to be better. So Yannick Ngakwe is a guy I really would like to see, um, the Raiders go after. I felt like they should have, um, you know, I felt like they should have gone after him. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, he just, he, he kind of got lost this year in a, in a sense, because he was on, you're, you know what, you're right. He was on Baltimore. He was, he signed with Minnesota and then, so he was with Jacksonville signed with Minnesota, then was traded mid season because Minnesota was tanking. So you were right on that. But anyway, Ngakwe is someone I would want to go after he, and he's 26 years old. So this guy is still young. This guy is still a productive edge rusher. He was on an unfortunate team. You could make the argument he could be on another unfortunate team if he goes with the Raiders. But, um, you know, starting the year at least, uh, it could be productive. And if he's half as productive as he needs to be, uh, it in turn will help Crosby and will help our defenders, our, our DBs. So uh, I think Ngakwe is, is my number two. My number one guy, I really want to go after would be Bud Dupree. And the thing that I really, a lot of people, I was starting to see that, oh, you know, Dupree, I think he'll stay in Pittsburgh. Here's the thing. I don't think he's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the reason I, I believe that is they're going, well, they've just resigned Ben Roethlisberger, but they have wasted a lot of money over the years. And so they're trying to get rid of some money. And I don't think they have the money to pay Dupree what he wants, unless he wants to give them like either a team friendly deal or kind of have a big contract, but extend it over a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Pittsburgh wants to do that. I don't think they're willing to do that. Now, Bud Dupree is 28, but he is a monster and I like him a lot. I think Ngakwe and Dupree are almost tied. I, I would almost, I thought about putting Ngakwe number one, but I really liked what Bud Dupree did. And not only is Bud Dupree a really good edge rusher, he can actually cover in the passing game. He can cover some running backs. He can cover some tight ends. So not only would he help in the, in the pass rushing aspect, but he could actually help with the, um, the pass defense. So, I like Bud Dupree. He's he's a he's a guy who can do two things that we need desperately. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think Littleton is going to have a better year this year, so that's going to help as well. Uh, Kwiatkowski had a really good year, and I think he'll continue that. He's a, he's a really smart dude. Um, and then Nicholas Morrow had a really good uh, year last year, so he'll probably play again. Um, and then you know that pass rush that really helps now. You know, if we get Dupree and Gakwe, I would be thrilled. Um, mm. Do I think the Raiders are going to do that? I don't think so, to be perfectly honest. I feel like we're going to go after, um, you know, someone who's a little bit cheaper than these guys, like a Melvin Ingram, uh, like a Von Miller. Um, but uh, if we could go after a guy and pay him a lot of money, I think we could go after like an Ngakwe or a Dupree, pay mm-hmm. them a lot of money. And to be perfectly honest, if we still we could still sign Richard Sherman because yes, Richard Sherman has that name, but he mm-hmm. is older. He understands what his worth is, and he understands what his limitations are. Mm-hmm. He's not a dumb guy. I know a lot of people think Sherman is just this loud mouth, but listen, Sherman, he <laughs> he did his own deal in San Francisco. He did not hire an agent. He did that all by himself and he didn't get a ton of money. He got like 8 million over like two years. Mm -hmm. So that's not a lot of money for a veteran cornerback with that name, Richard Sherman. I feel like he's going to be even cheaper this year. I think he'll be maybe like 3 million, maybe 2 million if we're lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that would really help. So if you got a big guy, you sign him to a big contract and then you got the veteran guy in the DB, like you and I have been saying what we need. We don't need these guys, these young guys to try and develop because obviously we can't do it. Mm-hmm. So go after these veteran guys who are proven commodities, help Mullen, help Arnett, help Abram, help Harris. And, um, and then you get these, uh, these young edge rushers who, uh, who can get to the quarterback. It'll really help your defense. Yeah. I mean, that's uh 
that's nicely said. I'd like to think that, uh, you know, the whole signing Sherman thing would be on there. I mean, if we can get Sherman and AJ Bouye, and then maybe even one of these pass rushers that we're talking about, I think that'd be great. I mean, if we can seal the deal with Melvin Ingram, I think right there, that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am really intrigued about the Von Miller thing too, because I'm curious. Uh, I know like he's getting older and he battled the, some injuries the last couple seasons, but how much more left does he have, you know? And yeah. I would, I would take a flyer on that because I think it'd be inexpensive, like what you mentioned. And yeah. he knows the AFC West. I mean, can you imagine if in our depth, we had Melvin Ingram and we had Von Miller? I think yeah. that'd be, I think that'd be kind of ironic that we have two prominent defensive players that did really well against us in the AFC West now on the Raiders. Yeah. And I, I would like that. Will it happen? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't think it will, but that's, you know, we can always wish for something, right? But, <laughs> I love uh, how optimistic we are. I know. <laughs> oh, well, you know, are they going to? No, they probably won't. No, it sounds cool, but they're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah. No. This isn't bad. <laughs> Raider fans too off long. the salary cap and <laughs> all trades or anything like that. This is, yeah. uh, this is real life. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I agree. I think, I think, if they could sign Ingram and Miller and get Sherman, I think that would be really helpful because although they are older guys and, you know, they have their pride and all that, you know, we, we can go into all that, but um, you could have them swipe, like switch out, like, you know, Crosby switch out with Ingram. So you have Ingram and Miller on the side. Then, you know, uh, a couple of plays later, you kind of sub out Miller and you throw in Crosby and then, you know, you can just kind of constantly do that. And they're constantly pressuring the quarterback. That That's good. That's all we really need is just constant pressure. You know, guys who you still have to worry about. And with Miller and Ingram being 32 years old, not only are you saving them a little bit, you're not constantly working them. You're giving them that rest. That way they can run, you know, 110% on every play. Um, and then when you sub out, you know, one guy, you're getting a guy who's very, uh, as productive, if not better production, um, you know, just being subbed out. So there's there's a lot of good that could come about that. And I think that was a really well point, a really well um, uh, thought out point that you had, um, even though you probably just thought of it right now. Um, but I think that is is a really intriguing thing, because not only could you get those guys for cheap, you could get them for like a one-year deal. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's interesting, man. I think that's a, that's a good one. If you're if you're not going to go for these big name like Bud Dupree's, Yannick Ngakwe, Jadavion Clowney, whoever, if you're not going to go after those big names, mm-hmm. maybe go after two guys who used to be really on top of their game, use their brain, but also you have an option of subbing them out with someone else who's just as good, if not better. And you're constantly putting pressure on the quarterback and on the offensive line. And I think that's, that's a really good point. I mean, obviously we would still have to sign a Sherman mm-hmm. or uh, AJ Boyer or, or both preferably both. Um or even like a Patrick Peterson is I, 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 I like Patrick Peterson a lot. I think he would be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys like that, I think would be, it would be very interesting. I think that is a really good uh, thought process. And uh, you know, if I become owner of the Raiders, you are definitely the GM, sir. Well, if I'm being honest, we're not getting Patrick Peterson. So just let that ship sail now, now that, uh, uh, JJ Watt has signed over there. I think they're going to convince everyone to get the band back together. And I don't see Peterson going anywhere. So I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But if we, if he, if he's available, I'd like to go after him. Um, yeah, I think, I think we've, we've hit on some good things, man. Um, I think our consensus really in this episode is sorry, your son. I know. <laughs> um, um, I think the consensus is the Raiders have to make a big splash in the free agency. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really hard to be perfectly honest. If, if we were a little more successful, um, Mm -hmm. I think it would have been a lot easier if we would have made the playoffs this year. Yeah. uh, I think it would be a different story. It would be a lot easier to get these guys 
But to be perfectly honest, um, there's been a lot of turmoil. Uh, obviously, we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of seems like right now, currently, guys who are signing with us, it's basically the end of their career. You know, Trent Brown wasn't the same. Antonio Brown, well, we never saw Antonio Brown. Uh, Corey Littleton in the beginning of the year really had really had a lot of struggles. LaMarcus Joyner was really good with the Rams. We got him, and he, like I said, was unplayable. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, there's just there's a lot of guys where their careers have kind of come to die. I mean, Tyrell Williams, for God's sakes. I mean, it was unfortunate because he had a few you know accidents and you know some injuries, and you can't really foresee those. But to be perfectly honest, you know. <laughs> We signed him a couple of years ago and he never, I mean, he saw the field like five games or something ridiculous. I mean, it's just, yeah, man, it, it's, it's going to be hard to convince some free agents to come here. And obviously, you know, with Trent Brown and Antonio Brown being out there, mm-hmm. they might have some things to say about, you know, Hey, don't play for John Gruden. Hey, don't, don't talk with Mayock. They're obviously not going to have your back. And, um, that gets floated around in the in the in the uh, NFL there. So mm-hmm. the Raiders, they're going to really have to, you know, <laughs> they're really going to have to butter up some dough to get some of these free agents. To be honest, that's why they're releasing all this cap space. Yeah, I mean, sounds like coaching problem, but uh, we'll see, man. I mean, if we have an underwhelming season, who's more on the hot seat? You know, Mayock or Gruden? And I know we go round and round about this, but truth be told is probably John Gruden's got another three years before there's any yep. sort of heat on his seat. And uh, Mike Mayock, if he doesn't produce this year, he's probably out, you know, which is yep. unfortunate because a lot of arguments the other way, but you know, we'll see. I mean, I know that we sound like uh, uh, Debbie Downers right now with the start of barely free agency and we have high <laughs> hopes for who we want to get, but I think it's because we've seen this, we've seen this song dance too many times. We kind of have known what the ending's going to be to this movie. And, uh, you know, we're hoping for the best and we, we have an idea of what we'd want, but you know, there's just some signs from the Raiders that it doesn't seem like that they are, you know, going to the path that we need. So that way we can get over the hump, you know, and I, I don't know if it's us getting too fancy or we're trying to outthink ourselves or whatever the case may be, but it always just seems like, you know, we need to just, this is the objective and this is what it takes for us to get to that path. And then we always find a way to deviate from that path because we're trying to outsmart ourselves and it doesn't work out in our favor. So, you know, we'll see. I'm hoping that this off season is better. It hasn't started off that way, but it's early. We'll see. We haven't even had the draft. We haven't had mini camp yet. So. So sad, but I know it's, it's kind of tough to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel when, uh, you know, it's, you know, there's a giant boulder ahead of you. So. It kind of makes it a little difficult. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, that is all for us today. Go check out, like I said at the top of the episode, go check out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, which is Drew Code Sports Talk. Um, you know, like, subscribe, comment, whatever, whatever you, whatever you need to do to uh, make us feel good. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, go check out our um, our podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review on on our podcast. Um, if you're giving us a five star, let us know what we're doing that you really like. If you're giving us a one star, uh, don't give us a one star. Um, and uh, no, seriously, if you give us a one star, just let us know what what you didn't like about it, so we can kind of um, you know get better. Because obviously, we we always want to get better. Um, just like the Raiders, they want to get better. We want to get better. Um, and then, uh, go subscribe. Like I said, we are on the major podcasts, as Cody had said before, that is uh, Google podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, and iHeart. So go check us out on there. Also go check out fnxfitness.com. I just got an email today, uh, that they have restocked on their stuff. So their stuff sells out really quickly. So go check them out. Um, They have great workout gears, great workout supplements. Um, I'm the supplement guy. Cody is the gear guy. Um, All are really good. So uh, go check them out. They've got plant-based proteins. They have morning proteins. They have uh, night proteins. They have 
uh, your regular whey protein. They have um, vegan proteins. I mean, they got a ton of stuff. They got really, really cool stuff. So go check it out. Um, you know, they they have a ton for everyone. So look it up if you're uh, if you're doing all that fitness stuff. Uh, and if you're like me, who's pretty much stalled right now, waiting for the gyms to open, um, I'm just stocking up <laughs> until, until that happens. Um, but uh, yeah, go check us. Go check all that out. And Cody will actually explain to you how you can get 15% off your whole purchase by using our promo code. That's right, guys. Go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. We have a link on our partner section, uh, which is a live link that we've created for you guys to begin your shopping journey over on FNXFit.com. When you click on that link, you guys can do what you need to do. Put whatever you want in your cart, supplements, gear, like what Drew said, and then use promo code DrewCode15 to get 15% off your purchase when you guys are checking out and get a ton of savings. And Drew's right. They just restocked some supplements right now. I know that I just looked online and they've got a lot of new gear that's launching. So like he mentioned, I'm the gearhead uh, of the bunch, and he's the supplement guy, and we can vouch. It's it's good quality stuff, so go check them out. Again, use promo code DrewCode15 to get 15% off your purchase. Uh, and then while you guys are actually at our website, uh, check out the uh, episodes that we have on there. They're the same ones that you'll get on any of the other major podcast platforms. You guys can also watch our YouTube videos on there as well. Uh, we have live links on the website as well that you guys can select, and you guys can subscribe to the podcast on whatever your platform is. And you guys can subscribe to the YouTube channel from our website as well. Uh, we do have a section where if you guys want to leave a comment or a question or a suggestion for topics, you guys can leave it in on the website and we'd love to make a whole show dedicated to that. So definitely submit your questions or any comments or whatever. So that way we can get back to you guys. And then now that baseball season is basically around the corner, Drew is going to be kicking back up his one giant step uh, blog that is also on the website and Drew's going to tell you guys a little bit more about that heck yeah everyone go check it out it's a real easy read I try and keep it to uh, three paragraphs uh, per blog I try and do it just once a month uh, I try and post it uh, every Monday uh, I will probably start that uh, I think I might start it next week um, you know uh, Elliot Ramos uh, the uh, top prospect for uh, the Giants has been crushing uh, spring training right now. Yes, I know it's spring training, but um, it's good to see his power. And he <laughs> he had one home run, I believe. Yeah, it was yesterday. He absolutely crushed it. There's like the initial wall that you're obviously supposed to hit it over. And then there was like a wall probably like, I'd say about 30 feet past where the where the first wall is, and he hit it over that one. It was it was a, a sight to see for sure. So it's really cool to see Ramos uh, hit his home run. Steven Duggar, who um, you know I haven't been a huge fan of uh, last few years, he actually has been looking okay. Again, it is spring training. What can you take from it? Uh, not much, but it is good to see him making contact. Um, and then, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll probably talk about a lot of the prospects, Marco Luciano, how, how uh, some Giants fans were already ready to call him a, a flop. <laughs> the kid's freaking 19 years old. First spring training game, he kind of struck out like two or three times. And the Giants fans are flipping out. And it's like, okay, guys, let's <laughs> let's settle down. When I was 19, I'm pretty sure I would have struck out three times as well. <laughs> um, so... You know, but that that kid is he now he's starting to look really good. Uh, Joey Bart hit a home run in the spring training. Uh, you know, I I had talked about him last year. So there's a lot of good things that are going on with the Giants, and I think my first piece will probably be talking mainly about how I think that the Giants do possibly have a chance to get to the postseason, and I will explain on that. So. Go check it out. It's called One Giant Step. Uh, like I said, it's a real easy read. If you're a slow reader, it'll probably take you like five minutes to read. If you're a fast reader, probably like a minute or two. It's really not difficult at all. You can literally probably read it as you're driving. No, don't do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but you could you could read it. I mean, like a quick thing. Like, you know, I know you guys follow all these Instagram people who have these long paragraph posts on their Instagram. You probably read that. You you should be able to read this. Okay, let's just let's just talk about that. Okay, 
So go check it out. Uh, like I said, one giant step. So I will probably start that on Monday, if not the next week for sure. Don't forget, you guys go to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com to also follow, like, and uh, check us out on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handles are at DrewCodeSportsTalk. So with all that being said, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Don't forget to wear your mask. uh, Be kind to one another. Um, And I think with all that being said, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully the gym's open. Open.